In today's episode, we look back at the 2016 presidential election. This is Brunch Break with Gabby and Rebecca. So we made it past uh, November, the election season. Yeah, we did. How's a How's how do you feel being back in the U.S.? I feel like I have some distance, but you're just, you're there. I am here experiencing what just happened. The end and of the world. it's been a week now, and I can't comprehend, I can comprehend it a bit more, but at the same time, it's insane. Obviously, Marge has the same feelings about it that I have. I'm speechless at the events that happened on yeah. Tuesday, November 8th, into the wee hours of Wednesday, November 9th. Yeah. A day that will live forever in infamy, as some may quote in history books in the future. Yes, it will be the night that I got home from work and got into my pajamas and ate some cheese and drank some wine and was ready to watch... Hillary, take this thing, and then that didn't happen, and we all kind of fell into despair. We live tweeted it to each other. I'm or not tweeted, but live texted during the events. And yeah, it, I, it, it helped get us through. It did. It did, especially given that I was up till seven a.m. here, and thinking I, like it will turn around, everything will turn around. And it yeah, I called the towel in around. 2.15, right after Trump took Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I don't want to stay awake. I need to go to bed. And I got up at 6 a.m. That's, that's a rough time. But let's not let's not be dramatic. Let's not focus on, like, negativity yet. Let's, like we said, let's, we're going to, like, look back at the election. We're going to look back at all the good times and all our favorite moments. Yep. Or all how wonderfully weird they were. Mm, yeah. Well, what is what was your not favorite moment? What's the first thing that you think of when you think back on the campaign? When I think back on the campaign, I like to think back on that nostalgic video about my favorite part of this election cycle, my favorite unserious part. Oh, I'm so excited. Which would be the Jeb Bush video. No question. Best part of the whole election. <laughs> oh, Jeb. Sweet little Jeb. I just, I just wanted to go and pat his back and be like, everything will be okay. Like, just, just go back home. You know, just, this is not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet Jeb. Yeah. But yeah, did you see that video? I saw it on Tumblr and the caption was the Jeb Bush campaign was something straight out of an episode of Parks and Rec. (laughs) It's just like a montage of Jeb handing out plastic turtles to kids saying that (laughs) slow and steady wins the race. And there's a clip of good old Barbara Bush saying, we do not need any more bushes in the white house. (laughs) Barbara. Oh, I I love me some Jeb. I mean, there's so many iconic moments. His on stage. Jeb is the weakest link on the stage. There's, there's please clap. That was one of my personal favorites. I loved Please Clap so much. Or the Twitter sound. Remember the Twitter sound he made when he was trying to describe what was going on on the internet? Is that when he went bleep bloop 
or something. He's made so many noises. I think that was Rachel Maddow's favorite part of covering the election. Was <laughs> oh, just God. being like, remember the sound that Jeb Bush made today? <laughs> oh, Jeb. Uh, I love how we're starting on such a strong note. <laughs> I thought it was best that we moved to something, you know, lighthearted. <laughs> yes. I also loved uh, Jeb speaking Spanish. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Love Jeb. What a guy. No. What was, can I ask you, what was a high point in the election for you? I don't, I mean, I think, I'm not sure if it was my favorite moment, but it's definitely one that stuck with me, was um, when it was still early in the Democratic primary, and Bernie was giving a speech, and a bird came. Oh, and landed on him yeah during the speech and it was like this enormous meme experience everyone was like he's been blessed by the bird it was, oh my god that was, yeah. wasn't it in portland too i think it was and everyone was like put a bird on it yes we put birds on things that was such a great i was very inspired you know what other moment of the campaign i loved which i just remembered the other day mm-hmm when Martin O'Malley, we're really throwing it back here. Oh, oh, oh no, no. Had the rally and only one person showed up and he did the rally for the one person. I thought that took like, that was, that was his character. That spoke of his character. I didn't know much about Martin O'Malley and I kind of wish I did. I, I would love to see more. I hear that there's rumblings that he might be running for the DNC chair. Oh, they pushed and back w- the election, actually, for that already. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's so many people now who are starting to put their names in the hat for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I was uh, listening to the Elizabeth Warren interview with um, Rachel Maddow, and she was saying, like, okay, oh, all the so Democrats... I know. Number one, it was incredible. But <laughs> beyond that, she was saying, okay, we're all going to unite. We're going to have the same message and be united. But if there's already going to be so much division about who's going to be the DNC chair, that doesn't really send a great signal about what's to come. So I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah. And then I saw something where people were saying, Oh, Bernie Sanders campaigning for the chair, but Bernie's back to being an independent. Yeah. Bernie doesn't want to like be with the Democrats. He's like, Oh hell no. I'm not doing that. (laughs) It's like, I have better things to do. I'm sorry guys. He's like, I just need to go smoke my hemp. Yeah. On the other side of the aisle, apparently the GOP just unanimously nominated Paul Ryan for speaker. So, Paul Ryan's back. We gotta put our faith in Paul Ryan. That's that's upsetting. I mean, it's okay. But, fine. I just have to laugh at this point. Yeah. It's the only way to keep our head up at our, the final 60-some days of the Obama administration. Every time I see Obama on a video now, I get, like, quite emotional. And I just kind of look at him and I'm like, oh, Obama, you've been so incredible. I know. Oh. Yeah. Um, did you see the opening of Saturday Night Live with Dave Chappelle? Um, I did not. From- but I've heard of what you're about to talk about, but explain it to me. Well, Dave Chappelle, this is a nice segue into what I want to talk about. Excellent. uh, A big thing that we saw and we touched on in the election cycle is he said, we did it. We elected an internet troll meme as the president. 
And there were just so many memes that came out of this election. Uh And what happened to poor Pepe the Frog? Oh, I mean, what a... What a saga is the word I'm going to use. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's listed as what? A hate symbol? Yeah, that's, I don't know. That just like, it kind of reminds me of like the internet's a great place to get open source material, but there are so many people who misuse that capacity, you know? And then, yeah. And then NBC posted the article that the creator of Pepe the Frog wanted his meme back. <laughs> He's like, please, please stop using this as a hate symbol. Please stop putting Pepe in robes. Yeah, Pepe should Pepe should be free. <laughs> he deserves the utmost respect. He really does. I I remember those 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 good days when he was just an innocent meme on the internet and now it's just been politicized beyond repair. I know. Anytime I see him now, I'm just like, oh, no. And I'm like, get away. I don't want you. It's, we are truly speechless. Know what other meme from the election I loved? I'm sorry to turn this into like memes Rebecca loved during the election. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's our podcast. We can talk about what we want to. Yes. The Bernie versus Hillary. (gasps) Yes. What a great meme also. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I... I mean, the election time was a stressful time, but there were so many funny moments and there was just, I would just sit there reading the news and I was like, this is ridiculous. What dystopian novel are we in? I know. Where do we move forward with the memes? Do you think um, Trump will ban memes about him like Putin? Yes. No, I mean, (laughs) he won't do that. He's too much of a, a coward to do anything like that. I think he's way over his head. Yeah, I think my favorite thing was like, um, I was talking to one of my friends here and she was saying, um, you know, every president who runs, usually if they get close to the presidency, they make hundreds of briefs, hundreds of like prepared speeches for different outcomes. Even Mitt Romney, you know, he had like hundreds of like prepared things. And Trump's like, oh, I, I haven't prepared anything. <laughs> oh my God. And it kind of reminds me of... um applying for jobs you know and saying like i'm qualified for this job and coming up with all of these like very like great reasons why you're qualified but then you know not being qualified in defense of trump in a weird way okay i i now use him as inspiration on my cover letters because oh they'll, they'll say oh like one to three years experience and i i'm just like Donald Trump has no experience in government, in politics, and he is the president-elect. It's, so if Trump can do it, I can do it. That's right. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. my favorite weird post-election byproduct was I was listening the other day to Rachel Maddow, actually. Oh, oh how funny. And Go on. She, she said during the tour of the White House, uh, um, Ivanka, Ivanka's the daughter, right? Yes. I always get confused between Ivanka and Ivana sometimes. I get confused between her <laughs> and Melania. Iv- Ivanka's husband asked, so how many staffers, like, do you all stay? Oh. How does this work? Do they not know? 
No, they had no idea that everyone goes and they have to hire some like 4,000 people. You know, this is called Watch the West Wing or House of Cards. You just need to see like a couple episodes and you'll be in the know. That's exactly what Rachel says. She goes, hasn't he ever seen the West Wing? Oh my God, did she? I feel like we're one and the same. (laughs) Gives me some We are so cynical. (laughs) I know. It's bad. It's so bad. But it was interesting. Yeah. Almost as bad as Trump temptations. Almost as bad, but not quite as bad. Do you still believe Trump is a reptilian? I I go back and forth day to day. You know, I wake up, I assess how I feel about the situation. I go look at some photos. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I also (laughs) related to Trump temptations. I saw a commercial on German TV today at the gym for a company called Move24, which helps you move. And it was a man in D.C. in bed, and he was sleeping. And he turns (laughs) over, and Trump's lying next to him in bed, and he, like, freaks out. And is like, has to get out of the country. You need to find this and send it to me or post it in the show notes. I threw a fit. Like... (laughs) That's so scary. I thought it was the funny. I, I like. Oh, I, I, I couldn't handle it. I almost fell off of the elliptical. I was like too much. <laughs> oh, oh! I, I have something I want to talk about. Okay. Um, we have in the show notes who the founding fathers went for, but oh, um, I think my I like I was thinking about this earlier today, and just about how. The Founding Fathers, like, wanted people outside of politics to, like, you know, be in the government and help, like, make decisions and stuff. And that was fine, like, when we were only 13 colonies. But now that we have such a big impact on the world, I was like, maybe we should change some things, potentially, like, update the Constitution. I mean, wasn't it... Wasn't it good old Jefferson who was like, hey, how about we write a new constitution every 19 years? And they were like, no, Thomas, that's absurd. Why should we ever do that? It's perfect the way it is. That's like I was watching something about the Electoral College and why Mm. we have the Electoral College. Yeah. And would you like to guess which heathen proposed we do that to keep the common people's votes out? I think I may have some idea. But I'm worried I'm going to get it wrong. But is it Alexander Hamilton? It is that bastard orphan son of a whore. (laughs) We're going to be marked explicit now. Oh, no. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, we're living in a new land. New rules. uh, Freedom from political correctness. Woohoo! First Amendment. Yay. (laughs) Can you hear the sarcasm? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but... I was thinking about this question too, because I think on top of what you said about keep um, having the ordinary citizen be engaged in government, there's also the um, notion, I guess, that Hillary Clinton is indeed a woman. Yes. Because I feel like most of them, the founding fathers wouldn't align with Trump in any way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it, honestly, I think maybe Hamilton, maybe John Adams. I think that Hamilton John might. Adams. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that she was a woman, 
Yeah, I mean. You'd be like, I don't know about this. Yeah, because I remember, what was it? Even like some of the founding fathers, they had these really powerful lives. <laughs> Example, Abigail Adams, magical woman. Like, incredible. Like, I think even I was reading, um, what was it, in Passionate Sage by uh, Joseph Ellis, <laughs> that um, he was like, women are great, but like they shouldn't be in positions of power. And upsetting, as that is. Yes. I mean, it's just like an issue of timing, right? Like, surely if it was being created now, they would be fine because Hillary is so incredible, was, is so incredibly experienced and like actually knows what she's doing versus, you know, what we have. Exactly. I feel like a lot of them, the founders looking in these circumstances and lenses probably would have maybe voted for like Gary Johnson. (laughs) You know what they might have, because he was like, we don't, you know, I don't care about the outside world. Isolationism. (laughs) How Jeffersonian. It's extremely Jeffersonian. Or Jill Stein. (laughs) But Jill is is indeed a woman. Jill is just a whole other category of candidate. (laughs) Let's talk about Jill Stein. Let's talk about her music career. (laughs) It's actually, like, not that awful. I have yet to listen to it. I took the quiz. What percent Jill Stein are you? I think I was around 40%. Maybe. I got somewhere, like, pretty... Not, like, super high, but... Yeah. I I remember it was a bit higher than your percentage. I remember that, too. But and I was just like, oh, okay. The thing is, like, I don't... It's just so frustrating, because... She seems like a nice person, but then she's like, vaccines don't work. And I'm just like, yeah. girl, like, come on. Yeah. You know, that don't. was my big turnoff with Jill Stein, yeah, the vaccines. That was I had a very brief moment <gasps> where I thought, you know what? I live in New Jersey. New Jersey is definitely voting for Hillary. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't need to worry. Yeah. And I was like, what if I voted for Jill Stein? <laughs> Just to give her that one vote, you know? Because I went on that uh, I stand with. Yeah. And it told me I should vote for Jill Stein. And I was like, I don't want to vote for Jill Stein. She's a bit too nutty for me. Yeah. But I did not vote for Jill Stein. I very proudly voted for Hillary Clinton. Me too. Uh, speaking of that, I was so disturbed how much closer Virginia was. Than I expected oh, it to be. scary. Yeah, just like watching that. And I had heard like, oh, Virginia's definitely blue. It's not even a question. And then, no, apparently not. No, and then the same thing in a way with Texas, but yeah. the reverse. Yeah. It came so close. There was a brief point where, um, because my mom, my mom and I watched the coverage on ABC. She liked ABC News. Mm-hmm. And, um... They were, like, doing really quick updates. It was a bit more thorough than NBC or yeah. anything like that. Like, they'd be, they'd have the percentages, and they'd say, like, 15% of the vote in. So it was, like, super specific, so you could really watch everything come in. That's nice. Yeah. And there was a long time where Texas was, like, blue. And I was just sitting there, like, oh, my God. Wouldn't that have been insane if Texas it is had insane. voted blue? And I think it's... It's very promising for 2020. 
Could be, yeah. As of, as of right now, because it was very close in Texas. Very close. Yeah, especially given that I expect that over the next four years, people are going to get extremely cynical about the Republican Party. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Trump's made all of these outlandish promises. And, like, even if he fulfills one of them, that still leaves what? Like, another 20 or 30 that there's nowhere going to happen. Yeah. And it's only going to hurt the people who voted for him. So, well done, yes. half of America, under half of America, I might say. I, know. I, I don't mean to shame people who did cast, uh, many of the people who came out to cast their votes for Trump. Yeah. But, like, I was telling you that night, I feel horrible for people who were manipulated by his message. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to a problem of education in this country. Mm. Um, well, I wish him the best of luck, and I really hope he delivers his promises on things like infrastructure and blue-collar jobs. Right. I will be very skeptical and fighting for the rights of my, myself and my friends. Yeah, I guess I'm... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very torn... <laughs> Because on one hand, voting is always a good thing. Like being engaged in the democratic process is so important, especially in like the repu- in like our republic. You know, like it's it's part of what makes our country so different from everyone else. Is that we're we focus so much on having an engaged people and and an educated populace, but it's not really you know happening as much now like even in texas i was reading the other day there's um, a history book that's being challenged for its portrayal of um islam but the information is all correct oh in the i saw book. that yeah and it's just you know like how can you be how can this challenge be even substantiated when we know that this information is correct you can't just let this parent who who thinks this one way about this religion have her way because she thinks it's like damaging to her daughter or son and she's te- and therefore if it were changed it would be taking out correct factual information. Yeah. And that's how and autocracies that's scary. start. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you saw the interview that um, Rachel had with, uh, what's her name? The woman who wrote the book about uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh, the Russian one. Yeah, that was yeah. a great episode. Yeah, it was really great. And she was just describing all the symptoms of an autocracy. And I was listening to her, and as someone who studied Russia and Eastern European countries, I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you know, this is concerning. Very concerning. I also hope Melania delivers on her cyberbullying platform. Yes. And while we can all agree that her is probably the biggest cyberbully on the internet, uh-huh. I, person- I personally think following Michelle Obama's wonderful healthy eating for children and everyone and growing your own food yeah. platform. I think cyberbullying is an excellent choice for a first lady platform. It is, especially given that all like the suicide issues that it causes like throughout the country. Right. And like I said, we can all say, Oh, well like look at your own husband, but I think it's a, I personally think it's a great platform, and even though I had the first reaction of everyone else, like, well, your husband, (laughs) I think it's a really great thing to discuss. It's very current and relevant, and I'm really trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I I may not like 
the majority of his policies, but he did win. Like it's there's no doubt. Like he won by quite a lot in the electoral college, and that's it. Shouldn't be discounted that so many people like believe the things he's saying. You know. Right. Yeah. So, hats off to him because, to be honest, I really don't want to be stuck with Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want that. I will be okay with Paul Ryan. Like, that would be fine. Yeah, it'd be great. Like, if Trump is impeached or something, uh huh. I really don't want to be stuck with Mike Pence. I personally think that would be much worse. It would be if they were both impeached. I don't know that how that would, would happen. Be the better. But that would be okay, because I'd be like, but Paul it's, Ryan. It's a two-for-one deal. Yeah. And then, <laughs> we're awful. I mean, we're being honest. We're, as some, some might call us kooky liberals, but nah. this, is, this is our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. That's right. That's right. First Amendment, freedom of speech. Yes. <laughs> and we did praise Mr. Trump. I just can't praise anything about Mike Pence. You know he's terrible when... Right after Trump picked him, he was like, oh, shit, can I pick someone else, please? <laughs> no, like, no, it's too late. Like, you fucked up. And, and I was listening this morning on Rachel. Of course. That um, Mike Pence is like, oh, I will be stepping down as the governor of Indiana on January 9th. <laughs> so he's going to, like, head all this, like, campaign stuff and still be the governor. Hmm. As my mom just walked by, she just leaned in and said, I'm glad I don't live in Indiana. <laughs> that is the sentiment of everyone right now. If anyone here listening lives in Indiana, we're very sorry. And we're hoping the best for you. We're, we're, we send our thoughts to you, all of our namaste feelings. We're hoping your homes are stocked full of alcohol for this holiday season. <laughs> Well, they are on sale, probably, so there's that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Is there anything else we want to cover? Um, we could talk about the finance. We definitely I'm... can talk about the finance. Yeah. Sorry. Basically, after reading this Bloomberg article you posted. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your campaign. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. Yeah, it was... I mean, just looking at the numbers, though, I was honestly blown away by how much each candidate raised and spent. I mean, it's it, I, I, I almost have no words to describe it, you know? There are no words to describe it. It's unreal because you look at Trump's main demographic and it's not like they can really afford to donate money. Mm-hmm. I'm not stereotyping. I'm just going by what we've seen in statistics. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it was, yeah, when we were watching ABC, they made this great analogy about um, the votes. It's kind of like a Starbucks voter and a Budweiser voter, right. where people who are in a close proximity to Starbucks and tend to come from Starbucks were Hillary voters, while people who had easier access to something like Budweiser right. ended up being Trump voters. That's a really interesting comparison. I like that. Yes. It is really, really cool. See, yeah. ABC News. ABC News. Maybe you got to get on the ABC train. It was very good reporting. Hmm. Yeah. I guess 
I don't know. Looking at the campaign finance, I'm not that I'm not aware of how much money our country wastes on campaigns, but to see it like laid out, you know, I was like, wow, it's pretty sickening. Did you donate any money to this to the campaign? I did. Selection. I did. I donated, I think, thirty dollars to the Bernie campaign and thirty or fifty to the Hillary campaign. Very nice. I bought a bumper sticker from Bernie Sanders. Very nice. That's it. <laughs> I, I wanted my tax exempt donations. I'm not going to lie to you. Reasons, Very nice. Reasons I donate. <laughs> Very nice. I just, as as you know, I wasn't a big. I only supported Hillary as a to Donald Trump. Right. And I bought my Bernie sticker, and I did. I was very actively engaged. Broad with the burning stuff. Like, I did get my little button button, and then I did go to my Democrat, like, debate watch. And yeah. I probably wore that button around London. Yeah, of course. So that was my activism there. I think it's good to be active, regardless of what you do. You yes. know, like, whether it's social media or in person, like, every every little bit counts, you know? Absolutely. And it shows, this, this election, it really shows... I know. Uh, so much politics. Not that I don't love discussing politics with you, but it's crazy that we've, what, already spent over 30 minutes just talking about the election? I know, and we could keep going, but I feel like a lot of us are exhausted from it, and this holiday season is definitely well-deserved. Yes, I will certainly be eating a lot of cookies and cakes and breads and anything to think about something else. I'm looking forward to the gimlets, not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to um, some spiked hot chocolate with with, with Baileys, maybe. Oh, that sounds good. Mm. Wait, this is... Is this our last episode before Thanksgiving? This is our last episode before Thanksgiving. Oh my god. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. You all deserve it. Yes. No matter what your circumstances. Eat lots of turkey, unless you're vegetarian or vegan. Then have some have some tofu. That's also good. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's gonna be delicious. Pumpkin pie. And Oh, I don't like I don't like pie. What? I only like mince pie. <laughs> what? I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm over it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So Rebecca, where can we find you? You can find me pretty much anywhere online at Rebecca S. Wolf, and that's WordPress, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I think that's Goodreads if you are interested in the presidential challenge. Yes. <laughs> Which, if you remember from the last episode I discussed, and where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at Modern Fledgling, on Instagram at Grishes, and on my blog at PositivelyGabrielle.com. I'm assuming you can just search my name on Goodreads and find me as well. <laughs> that works. And if you have any, you leave reviews for us on iTunes. And if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at brunchbreakpodcast at gmail. 
Well, we made it through our whole entire election episode. We did. I'm very proud. <laughs> I'm very proud of us. I would just like to sign off with some some parting words. Okay. Please clap. <laughs>